So as the previous people have shared, it's one of those sad moments where we have to, to mark the, the end of something, but also to look to God in hope that actually uh, we still have got a gospel to share with the community. We still have got a hope to provide for people. So in one sense, COVID has caused us to be creative rather than to be oppressed from it. And I want to take this opportunity now to share a few um, thoughts from God's Word and what I've been contemplating and what I've been thinking for us um, as we look back, as we stop and we say thank you to God for all the people who have contributed for the ministry of CAFE, the people who have come through these doors and what it has meant for them, but also to thank God that we've got an opportunity to look to Him to lead us in the coming days and months. So it's been really challenged for me this week to, to pin down which is the passage. You know, I, I like to have a passage of Scripture to work from and expand on that. Um, but it's been very difficult this week. So I thought instead of creating extra work, I decided uh, last night to come to peace with one passage and I carry on with Psalm uh, 34 really. But I'm not going to do verses 1 to 8, I'm going to do verse 9. And verse 9 says, Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. For those who fear him lack nothing. Um, the ESV, the English Standard Version, says, Those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. And although I'm reading from the NIV and we've read from the NIV, I want to expand on what the ESV has said, that those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. It's a promise of the Scripture. And we've got an opportunity here. As much as we are saddened and we are missing at the cafe, we've got an opportunity here to seek the Lord as a community of faith, to say, how is He leading us into the next chapter. And actually, in seeking the Lord, we are fulfilling what Jesus has already told us, to seek first the kingdom of God, and all the other things will be added into that. So I just wanted for us to be united as we take the next steps in seeking God and in seeing where He leads us. Um, I don't know if you are aware, but this year also we have missed something big in our life as a church. It's the Church Weekend Away. And the theme for the Church Weekend Away that I thought God was leading us to was um, old, um, well, old pastures, new landscapes. And I know it's a play on words, and I think I'll have uh, do its service in explaining it only with one uh, off. So this is the start of this idea that I, I really know that God put it into my heart for us as a church, but little did I know then that it was for, for this times as this. So old pastures, new landscapes. So in one sense, we carry on to seek the God, we, we carry on to seek the Lord, and the old pastures, what are the old pastures? How do we see people through the church history, how do you see the early church seeking God? Well, there were three things that they really did uh, in those old pastures, really, in that sense. They loved God, they were committed to prayer, 
and their ministry was representative to what Jesus did, was incarnational, is that they went and built their lives and ministries in the places where God had encouraged them to go and reach out. Because that's what our Lord did. He came and the, the John Gospel opens with Jesus pitching his tent amongst us. So, but it was very interesting because in one sense, the Western way, or actually the way that we do church in the 21st century is, 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 is different. And I just wonder if COVID is part of that idea that we need to go back to those, embracing those old paths. So, for example, if we look, I've been interestingly reading um, stuff about the underground church in China and the early church. And um, if, if you come across uh, materials around that, you see that actually um, churches, the communities of faith, um, they were whether the early church or the church in China, and I'm not going to repeat that again, but when I'm talking, these were some of the qualifications. So, by, def de by definition, it was a re uh, an illegal religion throughout its whole period. Um, one of the books says, at best, it was tolerated, but at worst, they were severely persecuted. The early church and the Chinese church didn't have or don't have church building as we have known them and as we are blessed. Yes, there have been chapels that have been discovered from the archaeologists, but actually they're exception to the rule. And they were all used to be converted houses. And that's what's going on with the underground church in China. They didn't have the scriptures as we know them because the early church was at that brink of the scriptures being canonized. The church in China as well waited a bit for the scriptures to be translated. I can testify that even the church in Albania, when 30 years ago, we didn't have in Albanian. The early church didn't have an institution of a professional form of leadership normally associated with it. At times of relative calm, prototypical elements of institution did appear, says another book. But what we consider institutional, they were at best pre-institutional. They didn't have a seeker-sensitive service, youth groups, worship bands, seminaries, Baptist colleges, commentaries. And another characteristic was that they really made it hard to join the church. By the late second century, the converts had to undergo a significant initiation period to prove that they are worthy of the calling. So the early church practice was that for somebody who would have professed that they wanted to be baptized, they had to go in a period of a year or two for them to prove that they're worthy of the baptism. And yet, the church grew from 25,000 people to 20 millions in 200 years.
Is COVID forcing us to discover what is already in us? There I ask the question. Is COVID forcing us to discover what is already in us? What about the humble beginnings of the chocolate cake and the Victoria sponge? But yet, the longing to see people to come to know Christ day in and day out. New beginnings, new opportunities, new landscapes with God are always possible. And they must be focused on the cross, on the obedience to God's words, and the building of his household of faith. One of the things that we as a leadership team with the elders have gone through the last three or four months is talking to, to kind of refresh what is the purpose of the church. And I've shared that with the last church meeting. And I want to repeat that again because it's very important. The purpose of our church, what is it? It's a twofold thing. It's to do two great things. The greatest commandment and the great commission. The greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind and soul, and to love our neighbor as ourself. And the Great Commission is, comes with a package of the authority that is given to the church, to the disciples, from the Lord himself to go and preach the gospel and make disciples and continue to teach the things that Jesus has given to us as a legacy to teach, not only in our own vicinity, but to the skies, to the corners of the earth. This is the purpose of the church. This is what we are going to be asking you. I've already started texting a few people of catching up because basically as leadership, we want to see you guys fulfill the greatest commission or the greatest commandment and the great commission. How can we help you? How can we pray for you? How can we really support you to fulfill that? Because in the end of the day, it is the task of the local community of the faith to fulfill that. Through the last six years, we've been talking about, you know, how does this then look like for us in, 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 real, in real terms? What is this expression of our church look like? And we, I know five or six years ago, we talked about those pillars, the idea of family, discipleship, and mission. And let's not lose sight of that because actually God through COVID is causing us to be creative in embracing what does family, what does our covenanted community look like in, in the light of what COVID is bringing about? What does it look for us like? I mean, I, I've looked at the words of our covenant this week and um, I just, I, again, I remind myself regularly and I'm going to send an email today with a script of the sermon and the words of the covenant, covenant just to remind us but we commit ourselves to follow Christ we commit to proclaim Jesus as Savior we commit ourselves to each other in this congregation endeavoring to love our sisters and brothers in God's family to use the gifts and talents and God has given to us to seek our gifting in others encouraging them to do the same 
and to pray for each other. We commit to be generous with our time, decisions, love, wealth, possessions for the furtherance of God's kingdom. We commit ourselves to proclaim Jesus as Lord and Savior through the power of His Holy Spirit, to bring good news to the poor, to set free the oppressed, to be people of peace. This is what God has called us. This is how the expression of fulfilling the greatest commandment and the Great Commission look like. Covenanting. Us deciding that actually we are going to be people who are going to be hot on discipleship because Christ-likeness is not just an idea that I've woken up with, but it's what God expects from us. Mission, when we extend the redemptive purposes of God through the activities that we do, this is where we are, guys. And I, as much as I'm sad and as much as I'm thankful, I get excited for what God has got in store for us for the coming months. Where has God drawn our attention into our prayer meetings? I want to recall them today because I want for them to be recorded, not just for training and quality purposes, but I want for them to be recorded because we have spoken about this. God has spoken to us. The idea of sanctuary, where we've got the love of God, of prayer, that, that again, that incarnation of the early church. Let's remind ourselves that actually we have been encouraged and challenged as a church to pray. And I would really like to, 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 to do that with you in one-to-ones, in small groups. Let's urge one another to do that. God, when we first did the first prayer meeting, when we said open a window, I, I remember very vividly that God said that if we are going to go ahead, and wherever you're going to go to head, ahead, it's not going to come from a place of you coming as an expert. It's going to come from a place of unfamiliarity. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, but I will trust him even in the unfamiliar grounds. Another prayer meeting we talked about was the idea of pruning. And perhaps cafe is part of that conversation. As much as it is painful, we know that growth, new growth will come because pruning has happened. And another thing that I remember was that idea of not to rush into things, but to wait and seek the Lord's. And I am encouraged because I see these things happening with you. I hear it in the conversations. And I really wanted to say to you a big thank you for seeking to please and to live out for God. And I really wanted to encourage you to keep doing that this morning. I want to encourage you as a church family to keep pressing on we, we, we know, we know that it's very difficult, but Christ is on our side. I'm going to finish with one, two, three, four, five big statements. As we look as a church to fulfill the greatest commandment and the great permission, commission, we need to remember that the Bible is still God's word and he speaks to us 
through it. He speaks to our children. He speaks to our young people. He speaks to our adults. And we're going to take it very seriously. The other thing, as we look into the new opportunities, remember that Christ is still on the throne. He's still the only Savior of our own souls, but also the Savior of the people around us. The third thing is that we need to remind ourselves today as God's people that the gospel is still the best news that ever happened to me and could ever happen to anybody around me and this world. Our friends, our families, our communities need still to hear and to respond to it. And again, I carry on with another still statement. The church is still the place that you and I grow as followers of Jesus in our Christ-likeness. And being part of a church is non-negotiable. It's a God-given. That's how God in His economy decided to work out His plan of redemption and salvation to the world. And one is that the Spirit of God is still at work in us. And it's the same Spirit that resurrected Christ from the dead and is available to help us as we seek Him to guide us, to sanctify us, and to continue to do His work in us. But also to do the work in the world because it is the Holy Spirit, according to God's Word, who convicts the world of sin, of God's righteousness, and of the coming judgment. And as we look into the coming months, I just pray that we will hold our hands together in a non-COVID dangerous way. To be serious about fulfilling, to press on about loving God and loving our neighbor and wanting for whoever comes into our path, whatever opportunity arises, that we use that to preach the gospel and to continue with the teaching that Jesus has given us. And for those who seek God in all of this will lack no good thing. It's amazing promise. We build today, we build the coming days on that promise. Let's pray together, and then Jenny is going to bring that into a conclusion with a response in worship. So thank you, Father God, for reminding us today of your promises. Thank you for reminding us of your faithfulness to us, and we are thankful. And we are thankful that you still love your church. You, we are faithful that we still have got Jesus on the throne. We are so thankful that the gospel is still the best news. We are thankful that we as a church are still part of your plan to reach out to our neighbors, to the neighborhood of this church, to our friends, to our family. And we are thankful that your spirit is at work. Holy Spirit, fall afresh on us. Empower us. And out of our fears and our frustrations and our reluctancy that we will come people who are going to be 
filled with your Spirit, ready to bring the hope that is in us in and out of seasons, and that you may be glorified with growth, with maturity, and the glory that belongs to your name. Lord, we love you this morning, and we want to fulfill the greatest commandment and the great commission. Come and help us. In Jesus' name, amen.